Hello and welcome to Indie Incursion, an indie games podcast. Did it. Woo, I did, did it right it. that time, yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't sound like a mush mouth. Your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week we are bringing you two awesome indie games news stories. But before we do that, I'd like to introduce myself. I am one of your hosts, Vaughn Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average, Josh Boys. How you doing today, Big Josh Boy? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well, man. I'm back. It's another week. Let's get at it. Yeah, another week, another podcast. So I'd like to ask you a question um, attached to what we were talking about before this podcast. Mm. Um, how soon after they like revealed prosthetic arms that were similar to the ones in Star Wars would you cut off your own arm? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I mean, how how advanced are these arms? Like, it's and just also, like a real arm. It's like, like it's like, like iRobot basically where like Will Smith's character basically just has an arm but it turns out it's actually a robot arm and he uses some weird spray paint to make it look like skin. But will I feel the arm? Like will I feel the connection? Like I Here's the thing. I think it would be crazy if you could just be like, man, my shoulders and my arms always hurt and my back hurts and like let's just fuck let, let's get rid of him. Let's just change it all. And then but it still feels like you know, the still feels like I can, I can move my body and it has the same connectors like neuron wise and they're all firing off and I'm like, this is my body, but I'm also a robot and I'm super powered and I feel great. Like then I guess I'd cut off my arms. Yeah. If you is so would you straight up just cut off your arm? Would you like I don't know. I mean, I feel if like if you had to, <laughs> would you legitimately just cut off your arm like 127 hours just cut straight through it? 127 hours? I'm going to cut for that you, long? No, have you never seen that movie? No. Oh, oh that's a movie. I thought you were saying yeah. to cut my arm off for 127 hours. And no, like, huh? The, that I would not do. That sounds the, awful. Yeah, the movie based on like a real-world occurrence where a hiker gets stuck between like literally a rock and a hard place and has to cut off his own arm to survive. Mm, I mean, well, his, his uh, struggle is a little bit more real than mine. Uh, yeah, dude, he like climbed Mount Everest with a prosthetic arm. So if anybody deserves a robot arm, it's that guy. Mm. I mean, it depends. Is the doctor like, hey, buddy, I can only give these if people are stupid enough to cut their own off, cut their arm arm off in front of me, and and then you can have it. Specifically, like, why? only that situation. <laughs> like why? Like I don't understand why I couldn't be like, hey, doc, like uh, cut off my arm, cut off my arm for me, so I don't feel it in some way, or like. Like, I don't know why he'd be like, nah, you definitely have to take control on this one. I don't know. Maybe this is a like a fictional scenario where you it's have obviously to, like... a fictional scenario. <laughs> well, let me let me explain a little bit more. Maybe this is a world where you so you want to have feeling in this prosthetic arm. Maybe yeah. you have to like open up your brain to so much pain that that's when this technology can truly merge with your body. Maybe mm. that's maybe that's how. You never know, dude. Wow. I mean. That's, we're that's we're building a right whole there. fictional universe of people just cutting off dicks and stuff so they got robotic dick. That'd be mm, awesome. I don't know if I'd do the robot dick one. No? I'll stick I'll stick with my, my guy. What if you could oh. feel it though? I mean you'd feel the robot penis and you could control when your boners happen. Mm, I mean I can for the most part do that on my own as well. <laughs> I don't know, dude. RBS rampant. is a serious issue. You're just like randomly standing there and you're just like just like it's boner. boner time. Yeah, it's like, hey, did you know that you have a boner? No, I, I mean, well, didn't you know, know he's that got a mind all. of its own. He That's does what cool. he wants. It's boner time. 
It's boner time. Yeah, you could control your own, like, whether you're flaccid or hard. You choose whether you're at 6 or midnight. You wouldn't do that? Mm. But once again, you'd have to cut off your own penis. <laughs> no, I think I'm good on this. You know what? I don't want to cut any body part off. I think it'd be lovely if, for some tragic reason, I end up losing a body part and that, that uh, you know, the possibility of being like, oh, by the way, uh, here's a robot arm instead. That'd be great, but I don't think I would ever actively be like, all right, this arm has got to go. I would cut off my arm so fast. You're a psychopath. Yeah, that like creepy doctor that for some reason loves to like watch people mutilate themselves. I'd be like, you ready for this, dude? And I'd just hack it off with like a cleaver. I'd be ready. But then he'd be like, oh, man, I don't have the model that you want in stock. And I'd be like, fuck, dude, I just cut off my arm for no reason. <laughs> you should have fucking told me. <laughs> like afterwards, he's like, uh... Yeah, oh, no, I didn't that's, think you were that's gonna do it real now. Thing. Yeah, he he's like, that's that's not a real thing, dude. You just why'd you do that? That was that was uncalled for. He at that point is so traumatized that he can't attach her arm. He's just right. like, I can't do it, dude. That was so fucked up. I need I to go like see my therapist. Damn. Yeah. You see, you freaked out a doctor. Uh, see, I don't know. It'd just be so cool to have a robot arm. Mm, maybe one day. I wouldn't do two, though. I would only have one robot arm. What? Why? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's just, like, it'd be cool to just have one robot arm. Two robot arms? Like, let's say I couldn't feel with this robot arm. At least I could touch with the other one. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's like, oh, my skin is so soft. The other one, I'd just be, like, cold freaking steel. Get me? I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> So what have you been playing this week? Speaking of robot arms. Speaking of ro well, I mean not at all, but yeah. It's sure. like a vacuum. It's I mean, an extension of himself. I wouldn't call a vacuum a robot arm though. But you're but. correct, yeah. I'd, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, call all right. that. Either. Well, on that uh, magnificent transition, I've been playing Luigi's Mansion 3. I'm pretty much uh, a Nintendo scrub uh this week all i've been doing is playing nintendo games luigi's mansion and ring fit adventure ring fit i already talked about i'm keeping up my work trying to keep those buns of steel going baby but luigi's mansion 3 is the definite new thing and uh honestly it's it's a lot of fun so if you've heard or looked at reviews this game is obviously doing pretty well for itself um it's generally in like the you know good to great kind of range and honestly, I think it really deserves it from where the original uh, kind of started from. I think they added a lot of elements that are really fun to it. The main premise of this game is you're basically Luigi who goes to this hotel that you were invited to. And you're with Peach and Mario and a bunch of Toads. And then all of a sudden, you know, lo and behold, of course, he's tricked. And it's actually an evil hotel and there's ghosts, which, I mean, the story, whatever, it's fine. It's the same thing, but it's still relatively good because of the way they do it. The one thing about this game is really from like a technological perspective and from the art style of it, it's really amazing to look at. Like this game is super pretty. It's kind of insane what the Switch is possible of, like capable of when the main first party uh, developers are really putting it to its test. And it's super smooth too. But the story of it is just, you're in a hotel, it's spooky ghosts, they captured your, your family and friends, you gotta save them. 
So what happens is essentially, and it's, it's kind of like one of those things where you're like, okay, this is just too good to be true, where you're Luigi and you're running away from the ghosts at the, the first part where your friends get captured and you just randomly find a car that has the vacuum cleaner in it. And he's just like, oh, is this just, just tar- any vacuum cleaner? It's no, it's a specific it's a special it's like the, vacuum cleaner. Yeah, it's the uh, Porta Geist goo thing. I, I don't know. I don't remember the exact name. Um, but anyway, it's this specific one that was created by Professor Egad. And it's just there because Professor Egad was also there, but was trapped in something and you had to save him. Uh, but it was just like all this, it, like a little too convenient for everything to just be laid out here for you. But. Regardless, it's a lot of fun, um, and it's very clever in the way they've done this because you're essentially going through this hotel, and each boss or each level, like floor, of the hotel that you go to, you'll end up finding new uh, elevator buttons. And so as you find those buttons, you're able to go to new floors. Each floor has this like theme to it. So there's one that's like a coliseum, one that's a jungle, one that's uh, just all these random and very unique elements to it. Like one's a stage, production stage for like film. And so in one of them, you're going through a bunch of like movie sets. So there's really creative and really like just wacky things from a hotel perspective because this obviously makes no sense. But it makes it really unique in the fact that each time you go to a different world, like a different floor, every so often, like every 20 minutes in the game, uh, you're basically getting a whole new environment, a whole new world to play with. And there's a lot of charm and just really nice elements to it. The one thing that I will say is um, although each floor has their own like unique boss for the most part, and those are very creative... The actual enemies themselves, uh, there's not a whole lot of variety, um, at least not as far as I've... I've gotten about halfway through the game, and there's a a good amount that's, over time, been slowly kind of spoon-fed to you. But I feel like they could have done that pacing a little bit faster, because for the first, like good hour or two of the game you're fighting about the same ghost over and over again and honestly when you're just fighting the normies it's a little like repetitive where does gooigi come into this scenario so yeah so what's up with that gooigi uh originally he came from the like the remake of the first one because they wanted to add like a second second player element to it and they added some multiplayer uh, effects where you had the second character but in this one, he's actually a main plot point in the game, and it's a, a, just basically used for a lot of puzzle solving in the game. So Guiji can go through like grates or into like sewer pipes, and will be able to get to other areas that you as Luigi are not able to. So there will be things like he has to uh, go through a specific area and open it, like unlock a door for Luigi, or he has to. Um, in one case, you had to go up on the top of this one level, so you would have to put Guiji there. You would have to make him blow at one of the um, the valves on this, uh, this machine that would then push you up into the area. So as Luigi, you stand on that while the other character is pushing you up, and then you're able to move from there. The way they've done it is actually pretty um, pretty easy to get. Uh, it can be a little overwhelming in certain boss fights where they push you to use both at the same time because you basically have to you can only play as one character at a time and you have to switch to each one um but they don't push that on you a lot 
Um, the only one gripe with it is basically to summon Guiji, you click in the right thumbstick. And I often find myself doing that a lot on accident, and it'll change to Guiji, and I'll be just kind of sitting there dumb while I'm trying to suck in a ghost. So it, it can get a little frustrating because of that, but that's just me being dumb and fat fingering it. Um, but basically he's just there to solve puzzles in a lot of cases. There's certain bosses that will use it where you'll have to both, uh, either (laughs) you have this weird thing where you shoot a plunger out and there's a rope at the end of the plunger and you have to suck the rope from that plunger so that you're able to basically pull on something. So you like throw objects that are really heavy by doing that. Um, which is a weird way to explain that. But there's certain cases yeah, where you'll have to use... there's a lot of sucking going on. There's a lot of sucking and blowing. This is Luigi's, <laughs> Luigi's Suck Fest is really some goo. the name of the game. <laughs> Luigi's Gooey Suck Fest uh, 2019. That's pretty much what I've been playing. But uh, honestly, like, it's, it's a really fun time. Uh, sucking and blowing as Luigi has been pretty nice. I definitely rank this in one of my top tens for this year. Ah, speaking of blowing, that's a little mean, but I'm not going to... Damn, all right, let's go. (laughs) All right, so I have somewhat soured on the Outer Worlds within the past week. Interesting. I was was really on the train. I really loved it last week when we were on the podcast, um, and I was talking about how I love the characters. None of that has changed, but I realized pretty quickly that the combat just leaves a lot I uh, it, yeah. it just there's there's so much that I want in the there's so much more that I want in this combat especially once I found out and I assumed that eventually I would just get different guns but the gun variety is basically non-existent yeah you, they just add like the level two level three to it yeah it's really annoying because mm-hmm. I was like oh okay so I had assumed that something similar might happen because of the kind of like seemingly low inventory space that you have. But I was right. like, eh, maybe that's just a weird limitation. It's not going to be a big deal. And then I got some Mach 2 stuff and realized that I was just getting the same weapons over and over again. Yeah. And honestly, the fact that like there's there's no romance and... I cannot get any, like, better gear for the most part. And even the, like, science weapons and the, like, special one-off pieces of gear that are, they have actual names, they're still not interesting. And in most cases, with the weapons, they're just the same thing. Uh, not the science weapons. The science weapons are actually really cool. but yeah, but they're pretty useless in a lot of cases. Like, I wish they would have been a little bit more versatile in you being able to use those yeah because they like so from what i understand they scale with your science scale but if Mm. you don't put anything into it they're just dick they're just like they're they suck ass the only one that was really cool and i haven't gotten i i should preface this with I have not gotten all of them, obviously. I've only gotten like two or three, I think. The shrink ray is really, really cool. I think that one is really cool. I also have the hammer and the kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a taser staff. I have those three. The shrink Mm. ray is a really cool idea. The other two are just like, okay, 
I have better hammers. This one is not that good. And this weird staff thing also have better, like, weird electric batons. And right. they're just they're just not interesting. And then you've got your named weapons that are like, oh, this is going to be really cool. Like, I went on a quest with some cannibals in it, and I was like, ah, that was an interesting quest. And I get up to the top, and there's, like, this knife hanging in this dude. So it's like, oh, cool, it's a named weapon. So I picked it up, and uh, it was just, like... It was the exact same looking weapon, but with a name. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, I like thinking about you with that same inflection, just being like, ah, that was a cool quest. And that's like <laughs> all, like literally you don't say a single thing and it's just you in your room alone. <laughs> just that one part. You're like, ah, just that's that so one cool. that like, <laughs> sign of approval. Like good quest. Good quest. Have you gotten to Monarch yet? Do you know what quest I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, no, I do. <laughs> yeah, so that one is actually kind of interesting. I liked that quest, especially because, like, at, so once you go up to the top, which once I entered their house, and I think her name is Nioka, your companion that you receive on Monarch, who's really cool, but yeah. right as you enter the house, she's like, yeah, these people are fucked up. Like, I don't, <laughs> there's something weird going on in this house, and I was like, yeah, I'm almost 100% sure they're cannibals. Um, and then like, they were like, Oh, sit down to eat. And I was like, you literally look like a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> I will not do that. So then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go look upstairs. Of course you find a fucking dead body and he's got a knife sticking in him. And then it's like escape and you can easily jump from the second story. But I was like, fuck that. And I just went downstairs and killed them all. I was like, oh. fuck these guys. They're yeah. fucking cannibals. Yeah, I didn't even notice that you could. <laughs> I guess I wasn't paying attention. I didn't see that you could jump down. So I just like, I saw it and was like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just... there's like the, there's three floors. On the second floor, there's a door that just goes outside. Uh, yeah, see, I'm like, I didn't even pay attention to that. Yeah, I honestly wondered. I was like, how did that guy not escape? It's so fucking easy to get out of this house. <laughs> Speaking of. The combat is so easy. I yeah. like. I yeah. had initially started off playing normal, and then I was like, this isn't that hard. So I just steadily increased the difficulty until I got to the highest difficulty without going for the, like, the survival difficulty. Because, mm. and Chase put this really well. My best friend Chase put this really well. I'm looking for difficulty, not, uh, not an inconvenience. So yeah. no, the stuff that it gives you is so sure. inconvenient. It's, like, ridiculous. It's, like, oh, the, the the limitations it puts on you is, like, oh, you can only save uh, at your ship. You have a limited number of auto saves. You have to eat, sleep, and, uh, you, you have to, like, eat, sleep, and, um, like, drink. And it's, like, okay, this is a cool survival mechanic, but why can't I save anywhere? And the only place you can fast travel is to your ship. Right. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, and I didn't even look at that, but when all of these games, like the Fallout games do this kind of thing where they have that survival mode, I just hate it. Like that's not the game I'm looking for and I don't enjoy playing with those weird stipulations. Like I want it to just be difficult because I want, you know, the enemies to be beefier to have them actually be smarter in the ai sense like I, i'm sure they could do that in a way where you know in the easier levels they're kind of dumber like dude th they're all dumb they're i know even that's putting the it thing. on harder difficulties it's like they don't get smarter they just hit harder yeah for sure because that 
I've heard this from multiple people that literally a lot of people started out on normal because generally that's what I play on anyway is because that's like, you know, how the game is intended. So I'm like, all right, I'll see what it's like. And if I want, you know, I can bump it up. And I played for a good portion of the game and I was like, this is a cakewalk. There's literally nothing that will ever kill me. And then I went to hard mode and it's like, okay, I just have to be like one tiny bit smarter about how I go in there and use my... uh, the companion abilities to make sure that I actually round out the damage to certain units. But like, other than that, it's really nothing. And I refuse to go on this like eat and drink rampage because that's just not what I want to do from a game. Like I have to eat and drink in real life. I don't care to do it in a video game. See, I wouldn't mind the survival like difficulty if it didn't have weird limitations to like, I wouldn't mind if I only had to like, eat sleep and drink and i wouldn't mind if i like could only save in my ship Mm -hmm. those aren't super annoying like sure they're slightly inconvenient but that is a little bit of an added difficulty but they also add the fact that you can't fast travel anywhere but to your ship and i'm like why what is the point of that that's so weird and it's just i I don't understand that. I I would be totally fine with actually upping to the survival difficulty to see if it got any bit harder, but it's just not worth it now. And like you said, you kind of have to use the companion abilities. Those are so fucking overpowered. It's yeah. ridiculous. So Parvati, literally like hers, is to just incapacitate everyone. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, doesn't matter what they are. It could be a fucking Manta Queen, which seems to be like they've touted this as basically like the hardest enemy in the game up till now i killed like 40 just on monarch i just fucking kill them all yeah no they're not though because there's things called like megas yeah no i've run into them too fucking murdered them not hard at all there's like literally once you put it up to hard they're everywhere like Mm. they're the megas and like colossals and stuff Mm -hmm. are everywhere and you go to fight them and they're just super easy it's like ah literally attaching like Getting a an assault rifle, putting a larger mag on it, and just putting a good sight, it's like a fucking laser beam. Yeah. I I just run through shit. I'm like, this is literally like nothing even touches me. I think I've had to heal myself like once. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's pretty oh, dumb. <laughs> the, also, the issue that I have with survival, which I just remembered, is that your companions die. Oh. So if yeah, they... Yeah, if they go down, they fucking die, which makes sense because it is a survival difficulty also something see that one is just i'm not okay with that i don't like that i don't want them to die <laughs> well, um, that's what save states are for yeah but then you only have fucking you could only save your ship it's fucking <laughs> up but so it left it left me wanting basically the combat in this so i was like you know what and this is kind of weird to make this leap but i was like i've been wanting to play fallout 76 for a while again because i wanted kind of the survival mechanics like i was told i actually like fallout 76 and i wanted the survival so i downloaded it and i went and played it and i'm gonna tell you i had the weirdest but coolest experience of my life in that game over the weekend there was this guy that just would not leave me alone he kept (laughs) following me and i was like dude fuck off and finally i was like you know what whatever i'll follow you i don't care and then this guy takes me to this weird scenic overlook like looks out and i'm like okay cool like are you showing me something 
Like, I thought you were going to do something. And then he takes me to, like, his camp because everybody can make their camp. He makes me raider leathers and then has me put them on. And so I straight up, like, think I'm going to get murdered or some shit. I'm like, this is real, like, fucking, this is, like, deliverance-level rapey vibes right now, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's very creepy. Yeah, this is so weird. And then he, like, just disappears. He, like, logs out. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to go back to what I was doing now that this guy will leave me the fuck alone. So I run away. And then uh, I, like, uh, just randomly while I'm doing something, because you can actually hear area audio. If somebody has a mic on, they can just talk to you. Right. And so I'm just doing it. I'm doing my thing, kind of killing some robots and stuff. And I hear like, oh, there you are. This guy fucking followed me. He found <laughs> me. And he had his mic on and I didn't because I didn't want to talk to this fucking psychopath. <laughs> And he, so you know the whole stick of Fallout 76 is that they don't have NPCs or human NPCs because the humans that exist within the game, the other players are meant to be NPCs. This guy was was. doing that. Yeah, he sure fucking was. (laughs) It was so cool. And he was like, he's like, I'm a raider and I survive out here. And he was like, okay, it was kind of, uh, it was like he was patronizing me because he was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna teach you how to survive. I was like, dude, I like have a level 30 character. I know how to play this game. I'm like literally just playing a new character because I wanted to make a scrap samurai. Like I just, which is so fucking hard to find a sword, dude. There's like no swords in that game. I'm just running around with a baseball bat, like beating the shit out of stuff. But you gotta start somewhere. Yeah, that's an aside. So this guy takes me to the weirdest fucking places for literally no reason. Just he walks me there, and then he's like. Now you go ahead and you take us back to camp. And he's like, I'm going to follow you. And I was like, this is so fucking uncomfortable. That is very odd. Like I said, the fucking weirdest and most interesting experience I've ever had playing a video game. I mean, I guess that's what they wanted, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was was just so odd. But I, of course, eventually was like, you know what, dude? I want everything that this game gives me but a story. So that's like, I'm going to play Fallout 4. So I downloaded Fallout 4, wanted to play all the DLC. Uh, The DLC was previously on sale, wasn't at the time that I wanted to actually buy it. So Mm -hmm. I ended up, I looked for the season pass and it was like $60. I was like, gee, oh my God. Damn, that's still $60? Yeah, well, I mean, it is a deal because two of the DLCs by themselves are almost $60. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll... I want the season pass a lot, and I remembered that GameStop had it on sale. They didn't at that time, and I was like, fuck. But Jesus. it turned out, and this is like a, it's a loop-de-loop, I guess. It's a, it's a little bit of a walk. Best Buy had it on sale. I went and bought the last copy they had, started playing some Fallout 4. That's some good shit, dude. And I didn't even <laughs> like... I bought the Game of the Year edition just because it has a digital code on the inside. It was $25 versus 60 So it's like, I, I just literally want uh, the season see? pass digital it's the way of the future what are you talking about digital i had to buy it physically for 25 dollars to get the digital code digitally the season pass was 60 fucking dollars yeah but it's still just digital i hate you (laughs) that shit that shit is useless it's the same thing fallout 76 did to me where they just gave me a box with a friggin number it did have a disc it has a disc it's just the fallout 4 disc but then the season pass is digital, which is so oh, okay. annoying because I, I liked it when they previously just put that content on the disc. But I would assume 
that it would make it too large of a disc. Yeah, you'd probably need two. Yeah, and it would be like a Red Dead scenario where it's two mm. discs, or supposedly The Last of Us 2 is possibly going to be two discs. So I like download that, and I was like, yeah, I'm super excited to play all the DLC. Haven't even done that. I started over. I've been playing it ever since. It's fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. To be honest, Fallout 4, I, I enjoyed it. I don't think it was better than 3, though. I um, don't like Fallout 3. Really? Yeah, I just don't like it. So that's why I've ha- I've like, I had no issues with it. I've heard mm. people's complaints about it and uh, them coming into it expecting it to be like Fallout 3 or better. Um, right. And I came into it completely blank slate other than having played New Vegas. And I was like, this shit's sweet. I love this. <laughs> and it has, I mean... The building system definitely like it has issues. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna be sure. real there. That's super annoying. But overall, it's a fun game. I really like it. Yeah, it was pretty good. I think the settlement thing was pretty annoying. And if I would have known that after you save one, they just become pesky oh, and it's never so stop annoying. like complaining, I would have never done that part. But I think like yeah, it's basically that I was expecting it from Fallout Three to have like a crazy improvement, and it was just more of the same, which is fine. Like for me, I had fun with it, but there's people who like play this game religiously, and I'll never get into it that way, and that's fine. But I just wish it would have been a little bit more from like the series in general. Yeah. Plus, I wasn't as crazy about the story in in four. I thought it was it was okay. I thought it was really interesting, actually giving you not only giving you a voice, which I thought was really cool, and it added to the whole like character dynamic, but also having you pursue your son. I thought was really cool because it was like, yeah, I had no motivation pretty much in like, I mean, you try to find your dad in Fallout Three. And I was like, I don't really give a shit about him, dude. He left me in this vault. Like, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> and then in New Vegas, you're literally just on a revenge. Like, you're you're on a yeah. tirade because this fucking dickhead shot you. And it's like, okay, I get that. I'll kill that guy. I don't care. <laughs> but I actually liked having an emotional attachment to something, actually enjoying Sean and wanting to save my kid. And then when it's like the twist, haha, you, he fucking got out like... 50 years ago and i'm like i'm fucking old as shit or i know yeah <laughs> i thought yeah. it was really cool i still haven't finished it i've, I've never beaten fallout 4 i've never oh, actually wow. taken any okay. of them specifically because you have to side with one of the factions and i, I never knew which one to do because mm. the railroad basically just care about synth they're like oh yeah fuck everybody else like the ghouls are disgusting like they eat shit humans don't care about them just the synths are cool and i was like that's weird and then freaking the brotherhood of steel is the exact opposite they're like humans are the only ones who matter fuck everybody else and i'm like the ghouls used to be humans dude (laughs) like what is your problem here so did the synths i don't understand your issue and then i feel like the freaking Minutemen are the only ones that are chill they're just like yeah we're just saving the day no yeah. big deal. That's what they got to do. No freaking ulterior motive. They're just saving the day. So, yeah. I really It sounds like you picked your choice. Uh, yeah. I'm going to eventually beat it, especially because now I want the platinum, just because it's super easy looking. There's no actual, like, difficulty tied trophies. You just mm. have to do certain things in the game. Um, 
Yeah, I'm really excited. I will say, though, the the way that I got around the whole, oh, I have to save all these settlement things, is I just uh, pop up, take all the shit, and then just leave them to die. I don't care about them. I just do the one. Yeah, I just build up Sanctuary to look fucking dope. So, no big deal. But we are about, like, uh, what, 30 minutes into this podcast? I think it's about time we get into the news. (laughs) Well, hold up, hold up. Before we do, before we do, I have a quick question about this. Because Mm -hmm. you said originally... That Outer Worlds was amazing, and then you're kind of going a little south on it. And I was pretty much the same last week when I talked about it. Do you think that if Fallout didn't have such a declining like attraction from people, and just that the actual audience is yearning for something for so long now, do you think it would have done as well? Do I think that circum- Outer Worlds would have done worlds, as well if yeah, Fallout if 76 circum- didn't suck so much? Like, if the circumstances were different, do you think Outer Worlds would have gotten so much of a positive, like, review from so many different sources? Um, if anything, I think it's actually somewhat held back. I think it would actually get better reviews, if I'm being honest, because a lot of people are kind of, like, they're they're coming at this wanting, uh, like, a new Fallout, or they're wanting, like, the, they're wanting fallout new vegas and i feel like the fact that we haven't had like or certain people haven't had their the their fallout fix for so long has has built up and made them idealize basically put like new vegas on a pedestal uh, thinking it's one of the greatest games of all time and then they get into outer worlds and they're like okay this game is good but it's not as good that's probably the same reason that i'm starting to sour on it is because I have put Fallout New Vegas on a pedestal for the longest time because I love it so much. And now Fallout, like now Outer Worlds, once I got past the like initial attraction to it, it's kind of like, this is actually not, it's kind of barren if I'm being honest. Like the, the only things that are really like driving factors for me with the Outer Worlds at this point is that I like the characters, but I can't yeah. really pursue them. I don't really have any impact on their lives other than like, you should date that chick. And she's like, I will. There's that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't really know. If anything, I actually think Outer Worlds would get better reviews if people weren't yearning so much for a Fallout game. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can see it from both ways, I think. Because honestly, I'm right there with you. The main thing that's stringing me along is really just I like the writing of this game. I think if the actual dialogue in here wasn't as crisp as it is, I probably wouldn't have been at all as interested in it as I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely feeling the same way. I'm so surprised that I soured on it so quickly. I was like, man, this game is awesome. And then just randomly, once I got to Monarch, I was like, fuck dude, this planet sucks. Like this game. (laughs) And I realized that I'm basically just playing it for no reason. I was like, I don't care about the hope. I feel like they should have made it a little bit more important because that's basically like what you're doing in the story of the Outer Worlds is trying to save the settlers that are on the hope. Or Mm -hmm. I think that's what the ship is called. And I don't give a fuck about them. Why would I? I have no attachment to all these people. Like, I, I don't know. And obviously you should feel something for other people, but... I don't know. They just didn't make these characters. Like none of them are interesting. Like I don't know any of them. So right. I, well, they I don't didn't really show. Know. They didn't show you any of them. Yeah, you don't you know. You literally who's on don't there. see any of them. They're just like they're fucking people like you. And I'm like, I, okay, I kill people like me. So yeah, 
I mean, All whatever. Right. But anyway, let's get into the news. Our first news story is over on Polygon. It is written by Charlie Hall, and it is Devolver Digital says one of its indies was plagiarized by a self-care app, which is so weird. Yeah. It's so odd, especially because the game that they plagiarized has oddly, like, oddly similar motivations as the <sighs> self-care app. It's a little bit odd. Uh, so, Grease, or Gris, however you want to say it, it, is a moving game about working through trauma. The debut effort from, uh, I'm going to say Nomada Studio, because I'm not 100% sure. A no, small team right. in Barcelona, Spain. Uh, it ranks, and I know that some people say Barcelona or whatever. I'm yeah. not going to say that. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I guess okay. I just did. So, <laughs> so uh, you're full of shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's well documented on this podcast, but uh, um, in, yeah, that place in Spain, it ranks among our top 50 games of 2018. Uh, one of the things that pushed it to uh, to the four was its, I guess, okay, um, to the four was its remarkable art style and unique animations. Now, publisher Devolver Digital says those features have been plagiarized by the makers of a health and fitness app. The fabulous app, uh, at get the fabulous ripped off grease devolver digital uh devolver tweeted this morning and is a reminder to all devs to be mindful of big companies and brands stealing creative work from smaller studios the video evidence devolver provided is fairly damning uh it um it the uncanny sim what it the uncanny <laughs> similarities between the fabulous animation animations and the main character in Grease uh, both have a flowing gown that billows around them. Both sit in the palm of a similarly massive hand. Both move with remarkable grace in exactly the same ways. Uh, Devolver attempts a Devolver's attempt at publicly shaming the makers of the app has so far been retweeted more than 750 times uh, I assume as of writing this article. I don't Yeah, think it's like huge that. now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right here it says 3,319 people are talking about this. So, Jesus. Uh, including, <laughs> uh, included by the team at Nomada, according to TechCrunch, The Fabulous was founded in 2013 uh, based in France. That doesn't really matter. I'm not going to say anything about that. So they updated this story to talk about uh they reached out to the fabulous ceo for comment and she said in an email that their team has pulled down the video in question and uh wrongdoing from our side is not intentional uh while they say the issue is still under investigation internally hussein which is the ceo's last name uh speculated that it might be that one of our artists or freelancers got inspired by a game that they liked. Uh, Hussein also characterized the team behind Fabulous as very small and unlike the big companies mentioned in Devolver's tweet. I don't think that really makes up for straight up just kind of plagiarizing them, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I understand she's basically just arguing semantics, right. but... I guess I do that all the time. So how do you feel about this? Do you think it's straight up just plagiarism? Or do you think it's kind of an homage? Uh, it's plagiarism at its finest. I mean, yep. <laughs> it's definitely not an homage. <laughs> like, an homage would be if they were using that kind of silhouette character, but it was something completely different. But, I mean, you can clearly see that in, like, almost every single frame of animation, it's frame by frame a replica. There's like only one portion of it that's obviously different and the rest of it is just 
mine like minuscule detail changes from the fact of like the way her dress is flowing in the wind though like it's exactly the same you can't argue that what that i would said, be interested to see is so devolver tweeted out this video of the comparison side by side i wonder if the video is actually longer on the fabulous's side oh well we don't know now yeah, I'm I'm not 100% sure. It would be interesting if it actually was longer and they just copied like a couple that sections, one but portion. it's still yeah, yeah. It, but it would still be plagiarism, but in a much smaller scale, I guess. I mean, but does that make it like does that warrant it to be correct? <laughs> no, nah, but the CEO would definitely point out that it's it's on a smaller scale because you know they're not a big company. I mean, what does that matter? Just because you're a small company doesn't mean you get to steal things. It's so stupid. <laughs> like, I love that she points it out that he's not a big company. I'm like, we're a small I, company, are you trying so to shoot have, for sympathy? We're a small company, so we have to get by by stealing other stuff. We can't <laughs> design it ourselves, you know? It's so weird. Yeah, this is straight up just plagiarism. It's, and yeah. I mean, and part of me feels a little bit bad because you know it's not like the full company that did that. It's like a few people who had that in their mind and there's probably people who didn't even know but like those few in the team that did that really screwed it up for this company because their like social media image is really tarnished you look at their twitter page right now and you go to any of their recent posts all of them the comments are just riddled with people just attacking this company literally just like every single one like this this latest one Kindness does a little more than just help out a friend out. It's got its benefits for you too. Tag someone who didn't know these facts. And it's like a picture of some images, like some image on just random facts about life and being healthy. And in the comments, there's just people just showing that comparison video, pictures of random clowns, pictures <laughs> of that image, but with all of the words erased and basically benefits of not stealing from an artist's basic decency, artists get paid, keep your credibility, no groveling, ap apologies later, like scroll down even further. Uh, where's the other one? There's another where um, an act of kindness you can do is pay royalties to the greatest uh, devs for the IP <laughs> designs you stole. Like just all kinds of people just so upset and it's like they don't stop they've been posting like every other day and people are just they keep yelling at them yeah it seems like they're just continuously clowning on these people i actually didn't know that was happening i saw that devolver uh posted this the other day um and i was like man that's fucked up but i i mean i didn't think to go and start clowning out the fabulous i guess yeah it's pretty i mean from my side, it's pretty hilarious because some of these are quite good, but damn, like if I worked in this company, I would feel so shitty. Yeah. If I, uh, I mean, if you also worked in this company, you'd be like, who the fuck did that dude? Like, <laughs> what did you do? What yeah, did you too. do? <laughs> yeah. Like you said, he, this person, I shouldn't say he, he or she, this person, um, has irreparably damaged this company's credibility for probably years i would say because i'm not gonna say the rest of time because let's be real I, I probably shouldn't even say years it'll probably blow over in like a week yeah I'm nobody sure. even I think mean, of it it probably won't be the end of it but there's there's definitely a lot of people that they lost on this because uh, especially with the the video game grease having that same kind of you know tone and it's the same fucking themes as this yeah. app 
Like, which if there are people who are playing this, you would think that they're, you know, they warrant that same kind of behavior and mentality, which would possibly lead them to be consumers of this app. And you just lost all of those. Yeah, it's super uncomfortable. I've... That's that's basically all I have to say for this story. Uh, so Devolver Digital also has some other stuff to say. Um, Devolver Development is worried by PS Plus, Xbox Game Pass, and Apple Arcade, and here's why. This is a story over on GameSpot written by Eddie McCook. McCooch? Something. <laughs> I still Something. don't know how to say his name. <laughs> One day we'll get it. Yeah, he writes for GameSpot, though, so feel free to check out this article. Uh, Subscription (laughs) services in gaming are only growing more uh, prominent over time. Apple's arcade service gives iOS gamers hundreds of games for a small monthly fee, while Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation Plus have offered console models of the same... uh, for some time now, these services and others like them are concerning in some regards to boutique games publishers like Devolver Digital, known for Hotline Miami and General Jousting. I still really love that they only ever seem to credit those two games. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand because like General Jousting is a funny game, but like I don't. I, that's not what I think of when I think of Devolver Digital. Yeah, neither would I. I would. I literally didn't even know genital jousting existed until we started talking about this. Uh, but oh. co-founder Graham Struthers told GameSpot that the increasing popularity of subscription services is a worrying uh, is a worrying is worrying because it could lead to a situation where games get buried. Uh, the thinking is that subscription pack- packages are so stuffed with games that subscribers might have a difficulty finding something to play. And Anyone who has used Netflix is aware of this phenomenon. That's so true, dude. There's so much shit on Netflix. It's excessive. Um, The world of subscription is a worry. Uh, uh, Subscriptions, I guess, is a worry. And we're active in in these areas. So we can stand on the sidelines and just complain about these things. Uh, Game Pass, PlayStation Plus, and Apple Arcade. There are things we are participating in, he explained. You do wonder... If it's going to lead to a situation where there is so much content that you kind of fall off the edge. That's the one that keeps us up at night. And then, okay, so this is what I was talking about with you before the podcast. That you could have just cut off the quote there. Because that is the only thing that is necessary to this article. But instead, they go on to say, so it's, that is the one that keeps us up at night. That and Donald Trump and Boris Johnson. Why? That literally lends nothing to this article other than to let me know that Graham Struthers not exactly a Trump 20 like 2020 fan and thinks Boris Johnson is probably an idiot thanks well I mean (laughs) he needed to get his point across apparently uh, apparently freaking Eddie McCook also needed to get that point across because he decided to include it in this article for some reason also Um, banned from Hearthstone for a year Dude, maybe we should just ban like 90% of the earth from Hearthstone. Mm, right? I'd be okay with that. Then there'd be like three people playing Hearthstone. That's not math, actually, because there's a lot more than that, but you know, whatever. Uh, Microsoft's data regarding ga- Xbox Game Pass paints a much more positive picture of the impact that the service can have on users. Just recently, ID at Xbox boss uh, Ag- Augustino S- uh, Simonetta, maybe. Yeah, Ma- sounds about I- right to me. 
yes, uh, told games gamesindustry.biz that subscribers are playing 40% more games, which includes titles outside the Xbox or includes yeah. titles outside the Game Pass library. Additionally, 91% of polled subscribers said they played a title they otherwise would not have tried were it not in the catalog. Additionally, Microsoft's data says members are playing 30% more games than before subscribing. Um, also <laughs> in our interview. A- where did they get that metric? If I wasn't ever on the Xbox community, obviously I'm playing more now that I'm there. Yeah, yeah. The, it is a little bit of a skewed metric because it's like, okay, cool. I have three games just naturally, but paying $5, $10, whatever, I have like 40 games. Of course I would. That yeah. just makes sense. Like you're you're just getting use out of the money that you pay. But uh, right. I do think that this, it, it is a good thing. I think Game Pass is a good thing. Um, the one thing that they don't really bring up in this article that I think they may, the, I don't know, that is a good counterpoint to Graham's uh, issues with this is that these issues already exist. Overcrowding already exists in every game store. If I right. want to go try to find freaking the latest, greatest Metroidvania, for some reason on PlayStation, there is not, like, there's, like, four genres that they include, which is, like, action, adventure, arcade, and, like, puzzles or something like that. They don't have a good way to sort through genres. And even then, like, there's not subgenres like roguelike and stuff, whereas Steam has those things, but there's just so much on right. Steam. Like, everybody can get their game on Steam, so there's so much there. There's no quality control. These games are being lost already. I mean, if you're looking for a Metroidvania, just open up your Switch. Like, one of the top latest six games will be probably one of those. I mean, just a random example. If I'm looking for a Metroidvania, I might as well just beat Hollow Knight, you know what I mean? But uh, I mean, that, uh, that new one's coming out soon. I hope Silk Song is coming out soon. I'm sure it is. I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it in my robot penis. My no, I didn't get that. I have a robot <laughs> arm. Well, now your robot penis also can tell the future. So Boner time. I think you should get the robot penis. So, how do you feel about this? Do you think that this is a legitimate issue, or do you think that this issue already exists and these are actually uh, kind of helping contain the issue? Hmm. I mean, I don't think it's an issue for the wit, like the reason he's giving. Like, I don't think overcrowding is going to be really the problem. But I will say, like, when the uh, what is the name? McCook, 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 Eddie McCook. Uh, when he brought up the like, hey, this is pretty uh, relatable to the Netflix phenomenon of you looking at games and being like, or looking at movies or shows and being like. There's literally nothing, even though there's so much. And you get the same feeling when you're going through like basic cable, when you have like all these channels and you're like, oh, there's nothing to watch, even though I have so much going on because there's this weird, like there's so much content, I have to play the right one because what's the point? Like I should be able to find that hidden gem since I have so much available. So I think like one of the issues will be the fact that, yeah, it it's obviously going to get overcrowded and for that reason maybe they'll stay in that area but that doesn't really have anything to do with the fact that they're a specific subset out of that like overcrowding from a steam perspective is an issue because there's so many games right but you're still looking in that same catalog his 
like real concern is that from my side as a consumer, I just signed up with Xbox Game Pass. Why would I want to go now outside of that ecosystem since I'm already paying for a specific amount and I want to get my best bang for the buck? I want to stay inside that ecosystem and not go to Devolver Digital because now I have to pay full price for a game outside of that subset of games that I already have for free for free and you know quotes because I'm paying a monthly service but like I think it it does warrant itself to now gamers will probably be more picky about the games that they actually pay for because if it's not on a game pass or you know type of monthly service fee then it really has to shine to be like why would I pay full price of this like they're leading us into this kind of world where unless it's something you really want you're not going to actually go out of your way to get it it's the same concept of movies like when there's not a specific movie or something that i'm looking for and i can't find it on netflix i usually will just be like eh, maybe it'll come eventually but if it's something that i extremely extremely wanted to see and i need to see then i'll actually go out of my way and i'll either buy that movie or go out to the movies like there's this more of a quality that you're looking for that might become a problem because especially in the indie scene and especially from a visibility scene this is going to be very difficult if they're not actively marking it properly into the right audience and if it's not hitting the right marks that warrant it to be something that you would actually want to go out of your way and pay for now yeah, so you're basically what you're saying is the issue is not overcrowding. It's the fact that like why would I pay for your game when I can just wait for it to come to Game Pass? Right, yeah, exactly. Or in that same token, why would I play that game if I have so many already in Game Pass? Yeah, I mean the interesting thing about Game Pass is they do constantly add games, but they also do remove them. Right. So right. it's uh, so the overcrowding issue isn't necessarily like 100%. And you also, I think it's weird that that he lumped like PlayStation Plus into it because PlayStation Plus just gives you like a couple free games a month. Mm-hmm. It's not, I, I think he more likely was trying to talk about PlayStation Now. Right, yeah. But I'm not 100% sure. Um, I don't know. I feel like the whole thing is kind of an issue. I think we just need better sorting tools. Um, and you do bring up a good, a good point, is that people really need to like start thinking about the way that they market their games. Because mm-hmm. eventually sure. we're just not going to give a shit about it. And that really sucks. Because um, right now we barely pay any amount for indie games as is. We, like, for the most part, refuse to pay over $20 for them. So. Yeah. I mean, it still blows my mind. I don't understand how Xbox Game Pass like works from a monetary perspective for the different individuals. Like, I don't understand. Someone's got to be getting like boned in this. Like, I don't understand how Xbox or that company walks away in a positive deal from this. Because ideally, like, you would have to be signed up for Xbox Game Pass for so many months to get the same value of Xbox paying out all of these different developers or those developers aren't getting the money they would get if, you know, people were just buying their game. So I I don't know. And you could argue at the same time that maybe the developers of those indie games might not have gotten as much of traction if they weren't on Game Pass. So you could 
argue from that side that maybe there's like they take the brunt of losing money at the start because it gets the word out about their game i don't know yeah it's about visibility good or bad it's all about visibility right but it's still baffling just that you, you know you're not really paying for that content but like it seems crazy how much I always see those random articles that are like Netflix spent like millions of dollars. And I'm like, is it really like that lucrative where they can just waste that much money? Yeah. Yeah. I, so that actually brings up something that I think is really weird. The people are also focused on like THQ Nordic constantly buying different studios and like buying different IP. And they're like, how do they have this money? How are they making money? And nobody's like, how the fuck does Xbox game pass work? What? I don't know. Maybe I'm just dumb. I just like, but it just seems, seems pretty weird. Yeah, I guess I imagine the idea behind it is, like you said, just getting the word out and like basically just you give it for free to like, let's say, a 100 people so that a thousand people see what they like, see what they might say about it. And then they might buy your game. So it increases overall sales. But I don't really understand it either. Uh, But I think it's about time we hop in to some news cram. Cram. News Cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we, the hosts of Indie Incursion and Indie Games Podcast, cram you full of all sorts of indie games news. This week, we have one uh, quick news story for you before we hop into some deals and some new stuff. So, our news story this week uh, is... um, I don't know why I'm transitioning so weird into this. So this week for our first (laughs) and only quick news story, we head over to Nintendo Life where it's reported that developer Moondrops, a puzzle platformer Degrees of Separation, is getting online functionality through a free update and is available at the time of this recording. This means that you'll now be able to solve uh, in, in... uh, intricate puzzles with your friends you actually enjoyed uh degrees of separation are you excited about this um you know what a, a little bit because i might actually the only thing that sucks is especially with online kind of stuff the other person has to buy it but one of the things is my wife will often play a game with me and then just kind of like play it once or twice and be like that's it i'm never gonna play this again because i just have to get something that really hooks her which i'm so surprised she is sticking with ring fit adventure which i'm like good actually f- like play this damn game that we she's bought. getting those rock solid buns dude mm-hmm. she's seeing results you can pop a yeah. coin off those guys i mean I, yeah. I don't know what that really means i've just <laughs> heard it before <laughs> i don't know either but i guess that's what my wife does now but anyway <laughs> um but like i didn't beat this game because of that and I need that second, well, I, I think there's a way to do it where you don't need the second person, but I, I don't want to play it by myself. So <laughs> it would be cool to find another person who has it and then actually play it online since my wife won't do it with me. But we'll see if that ever happens. <laughs> So we've got some deals for you. Our first deal for you this week comes by way of GameSpot, where it's reported that iPhone and iPad users can now download Supergiant's hit action RPG Bastion completely free. Be warned that the process at which you receive Bastion is quite elaborate, so I'd recommend using Stephen Petit's article as a guide. Uh, Stephen Petit also reports that Cuphead lovers can now pick up the limited edition art book on Amazon for only 63 84 which is an oddly specific price point considering it originally retailed at a hundred dollars 
<laughs> I don't know why that caught me off guard so much, but I was like <laughs> half in a breath at the time. <laughs> uh, man, honestly though, like I'm not going to lie. I looked at it and I was kind of like, man, I actually kind of want this thing. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> I it saw really it too. Is. I just think the 6384 is so weird. It's, it is why? a little odd. It's, yeah, it's also too much for my taste, but it, it does look really cool. Yeah, yeah, it is just an art book. It'd be like a conversation piece for the Yeah, exactly. Part. It's like it's a nice thing to keep out in the middle of like the living room or in a specific office, like on a, a shelf that people would obviously see and be like, Oh yeah, this this is my cuphead art book, you know? Such a uh, fancy living and such. Fancy 63 living. through sixty three eighty four or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, I paid the full hundred dollars for that bad boy. <laughs> oh yeah, no discount from me. I'm just Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> Uh, once again, over at GameSpot, Janae uh, sits, maybe? I don't know how to say her maybe name. Maybe she Rep- stands. Maybe. <laughs> uh, reports that Stardew Valley has received a hefty price cut. Hefty? Hefty is what I meant to say, and I said hefty. A uh, hefty what price cut on iOS and Android devices, dropping from $8 to a low, low price of $5. I would say that's hefty because that's it's a full $3. Um, that's a whole heft. <laughs> and Lafty, and fuck, dude. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, And lastly, Ryan Craddock over on Nintendo Life reports that Signature Edition is currently running a reserve stock sale. Participants can expect a standard 10% off some uh, products with additional discounts ranging from 15% off two titles all the way to 25% off four. But this is a limited time sale, so make sure you check out these sweet deals on some awesome physical games while you still can. I can't believe I said Lafty. <laughs> lafty Taffy. <laughs> All right, and now to some new stuff. Our first four items in new stuff. And I will say, I keep this the same way every time because I know Nintendo Life is going to have like five news stories that I use. Yeah. Because nobody else reports on stuff other than Twinfinite, and Twinfinite barely does. So thank you, Nintendo Life. Uh, But our first four news stories come by way of Nintendo Life, where it reports that grotesque action platformer Blasphemous is getting a limited physical release through Limited Run Games on November 15th. SteamWorld Quest is getting a physical release exclusively through Super Rare Games, with the pre-orders going live on November 17th, or 7th, not 17th, 7th. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night has finally received a much-needed graphics and performance enhancement on the Nintendo Switch. If you've seen the pictures, yeah. it still looks like shit. It looks like <laughs> dick. It, yeah, before, dude. it was uh, like blurry dick. Now it's just, it's dick. <laughs> I looked at those images, the before and after, and I was like, what is the difference? Yeah. I, I could not see a difference. Me neither. It was like 1.5, 1.75, and I was like... It's a joke, right? These are the same picture. The same freaking <laughs> pictures. Granted, if it runs a little bit better, and I was reading the comments, and there were some people who were like, "It is an improvement, but it's not like the best." So I was like, "All right, you still got you still got uh, some room for improvement, guys." Yeah, if there was anything I would tote with this, is that it's performance enhancements. I would not say graphics, because then you get shit like us being like, "It's the same." Yeah, it doesn't look any different. <laughs> well, uh, at least at least step in the right direction. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully they continue to patch it. Only took how long? How many episodes have we been ragging on them for? It's only been like a couple months. Uh, That's that's (laughs) acceptable. 
uh, and cute dog-centric action-adventure game, Balthazar's Dream is headed to the Nintendo Switch eShop on November 14th. And lastly, Twinfinite reports that Bullet Hell typing game Texorcist, the story of Ray Bibia, is now available on the Mac App Store. So, Big Josh boy, we have been blessed with so many amazing indie games news stories today that I think it's about time we give back to the creators in our next segment. God bless the crowd. This is where biggest average Josh boy goes into all sorts of different crowdfunding sites. Find some awesome indie games for us to talk about, and we talk about them right here right right on here right now uh, today we've got one is vertebraker um evil is about to get boned there's so many boner jokes in this i know dude it's boner time so the last name of the character is boner it's <laughs> and then his first name is richard so his name is dick, dick boner, boner. <laughs> yeah it's this good. is a special kind of humor that i definitely enjoy so this is by, I believe, Canon or Head Canon. Um, mm-hmm. They're currently looking for two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, and they That's have thirteen thousand six hundred and fifty-one dollars with twenty-three days left to go. The first tier that you can get in on is, of course, the one I hate the most. The special thanks <laughs> is five dollars or more. Then you've got fifteen dollars to get the game and your name in the credits. How do you feel about Vertebraker, dude? It looks pretty sweet. I'm I'm not gonna lie. So these are the people who created Sonic Mania who like worked on it and they did an amazing job with that. And you can definitely tell that it's super, super inspired by the same kind of graphics, the same kind of mechanics, the same kind of music. Like if you listen to the music samples on this, it's so, 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 so Sonic-esque and I love it. I don't know what it is about the music that's in Sonic or from the Sega Genesis, but it just sounds so good to me. That weird like synth noise, it's just, it's perfect. Now that you point out that this is the team behind Sonic Mania, which it actually says on here and I should have paid attention, mm-hmm. I this makes so much more sense now. Because my yeah. main issue with this game was actually that it seems like you would like so you basically have like a grappling hook for the most part it's like a mm-hmm. hook shot which i actually really really enjoy but i was thinking that it would make it to where like oh you're shooting through these levels super quickly so you're probably just going to end up skipping over all the cool stuff within these levels but now that you said that this is made by the same people who made sonic mania that totally makes sense because mm-hmm. the only platformer i could compare it to was sonic yeah. I was like, yeah, this just looks like Sonic, which in Sonic, the whole objective of the game is speed, so it makes sense that Gotta you go shoot fast. through them. And this makes so much sense, too. I also, I have to say, I really, really enjoy the hookshot just because it reminds me so much of Flint Hook. Such mm. a good game. Never so played awesome. it, but I've, I've, always, I've always wanted to get it, but it's one of those things where it's just always been on the back burner for me. It's so fucking cool. You got that hook shot. You got your freaking plasma pistol. You got your belt that uh, I forget what it's called, but you basically just control time. It's so cool. Mm, wow. But this is not Flint Hook. Uh, honestly, though, like I think watching the videos of it, it was a little like a little difficult on the eyes. I think in certain parts, which granted, this is very very alpha. You know, before even an alpha is out of what the game looks like. I think the hookshot will probably take some work to get it to feel correct, if that makes any sense. It just seems like that could be a difficult thing to play with uh, just because you are bouncing around and trying to go essentially as fast as you would in a Sonic game. 
But I think if it's done correctly, this could be, you know, a, a lot of fun. Uh, I think the trajectory that you're moving in here, there's a lot of that. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, I bet this game, if it does come out, would be amazing to watch as like a speed run kind of a thing. Because oh, I'm yeah, sure because you could finish this so quick. Yeah, there's like I, watching it, like there's definitely like little things uh, physics based of like how you actually shoot your hook shot and how you go around the map since there's different curves on the map. Like, I'm sure it could be a crazy thing to watch, and I'm sure it would be a lot of fun as well. Just from you know the normal stance of I just want to play a game where it's kind of like Sonic, but I'm this bone guy who's just hook shotting all around and fighting enemies. It's very in that homage of the Sega Genesis period of time, which I have some nostalgia for, but I think that because they're the team that did Sonic Mania, I have faith that they'll be able to do it um, because they did a phenomenal job with that game. My one concern, though, is just this game, they're asking for a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's an excessive amount. So they explain that a little bit. Uh, below it's like well wait you said you need how much um and they explain it saying all right all right we get it those funding goals look intimidating and you think that your contribution is a drop in the bucket compared to what we need that's fair so let's get real uh we know that you may have come to expect lower funding goals even when the campaigns end uh end up earning many times what is asked for for you right. uh we have shaved every cent possible from our minimum goal it can only otherwise offer an explanation uh we're just now starting a brand new game with a brand new ip from scratch what you see in the demo is everything the game currently is which comparatively isn't much we have no capital with which to fund any further development and we'd rather bring this game directly to you rather than subject ourselves and our game to the complications and risks of dealing with the publisher which makes me think that they had actually like a bad experience with sega yeah maybe i mean i think yeah i mean artistically and creatively there's a lot of issues with having a publisher because you know you are limited in some of the choices you make so it might just be that they weren't really like burned on the idea but they want that freedom to create something new and that they hold as you know their own obviously with it being sonic you have to stay within some boundaries so it's easy to see why they would want to take that jump into being totally self-published you know what I find super weird about this, other than the like massive, uh, the 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 massive like goal, is that their stretch goals. Normally, stretch goals would be cool things to strive for, like Nintendo Switch ports or like Hollow Knight had like oh, uh, you could get a bunch of different characters, own stories. These ones stretch goals are basically just for them just I know. For the developers like an <laughs> yeah. additional artist to take the load off of andy and keeps things going smoothly and looking good that's for three hundred thousand uh three hundred fifteen thousand is an editor for creating custom bone zone levels which i guess that's kind of for people um yeah. a nintendo switch port at three hundred thirty thousand, and then just like oh more funds equal more fun or whatever that's I don't understand how these stretch goals are any incentive for people to continue to donate. Yeah. Other well, than the Nintendo I mean, Switch port. I, granted, I don't know if they're going to really hit the initial one. Like, oh, yeah. So, 
that's the thing. Like, I, it's possible. Like, games have made an incredible amount on Kickstarter. Uh, the fact that they're 23 days left and they're nowhere near their goal makes me a little nervous about this. Granted, you know, this could be one of those things where, just like with you, it's not clearly defined. Like, it is clearly defined in the fact that you read, like, one of the first sentences. But if you just look at this from face value, you don't see that it's that Sonic Mania team. Or if you think of headcanon, you probably won't think of Sonic Mania just because, you know, it's that one title and they generally just think of Sega with Sonic. Yeah, maybe um, they should have made a bigger deal about it in the trailer. Yeah. I, I, to prove that they have, like, this track record, that they put out a fantastic game and they can make this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I, I definitely think so because... It's not as obvious. If you look at the game, you can see those elements and it makes sense. But like no one, well, not no one, but it's more influential to put it in that video that gets across because that's the thing that's going to be shared and is that quick point of you have to sell yourself in, you know, that minute that you have. And then if not, people might look away. Yeah, yeah, they do point out in their, like, kind of, like, uh, description of why they need so much money um, that if you don't, if they don't get backed, you don't lose any money. You They just right. give it back to you. Yep. So do you think that you would pledge any money for this game? Honestly, I'm kind of thinking about it. Um, one, because I don't think it's going to happen. So, you know, it's no skin off my nose to pledge. Um, but if it did, I wouldn't be, you know, upset because, Hey, I would actually get the game and I'm not going to like, it's not going to break the bank by giving up $15. Um, but it, it really depends. Like, this is the thing that's hard with Kickstarters, I think is because a lot of like funding and money or campaigns is a very psychological thing. You as an individual will take a look at these numbers and, just based on the fact that it's such a high number and they don't have that amount, the fact like the, the longer this goes, the more like the less likely people will be to contribute because they see it as a lost cause. Yeah. If it comes down to 10 days and they still have a hundred thousand to go, they're just like, yeah, that doesn't, the, uh, there's no way that they'll get that. So what's the point of even like donating, which tier would you go for? Would you just do the 15? Uh, I generally never go for any of the, the extra bonuses just because most of them like in this one are things like a digital art book for 20, a digital soundtrack for 25. I mean, granted, I love the music, but I'm not the type of person that would flat out buy a gaming soundtrack because I wouldn't generally listen to it, uh, like other than when I'm playing the game. So for me, it doesn't really make much sense to go for any of the the higher tiers uh, just because I don't want to spend that much money. I'd probably just stick to the 15, which is usually the normal one that I would uh, push for any Kickstarters I back. Hmm. Do you have any closing thoughts on this Vertebraker? Uh, I mean, not really. I, honestly, I just I kind of hope it does come out because especially from what the team has done in the past, I'd love to see more and an actual new IP from them to see how they incorporate those kind of sonic mechanics that they've learned, uh, you know, and perfected and push that into something else just because <sighs> Sonic is a great game, but obviously you want something 
more or something new, especially when there's been so many flops out there. And I think having something similar to it, but you know, something very fresh would be an interesting new addition to this type of, I don't even know what to describe it, but like fast paced platforming series. So would you recommend like our listeners back this as well? I mean, I don't like to tell people specifically just because uh, Kickstarter is a weird place because you can't always 100% ensure that things are going to go the way that's intended. I think this team uh, can, for the most part, be trusted based on their history. So I would recommend it if you're a fan of what they've done in the past and you think this looks interesting. Um, but obviously with any Kickstarter, there is that element of risk when you're putting in your money. All right. So let's get into our last segment on this podcast. Now with our random questions, we have quite a few today because Chase wrote in three for some reason. He's going crazy. He's going all out. He couldn't like, maybe we should have just like broken him up over the episodes when we don't have any questions on the next one. Yeah, but why do that when we can just answer all of these crazy questions in one? He is the same person who wrote in about the Upper Decker last week. So don't worry, though. These aren't as weird. So his first question, what would be the worst slash most inconvenient thing for the government to make illegal? Air. Breathing? Yeah, that would be most inconvenient. Breathing would suck. Dude, I mean, granted... That would definitely clear up, you know, the the high population numbers. Uh, it's a pretty pessimistic and like cynical way to think about things. Uh, but damn, that would suck. So many people would just die. Yeah, it'd be like an apocalyptic event. Like ninety percent of the world would be wiped out, and only the fucking like water polo team still exists. Yeah, it would. Just, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just really good at holding their breath. <laughs> yeah, the government makes it illegal, and they're like, I don't have to like. It's kind of like that, I don't have to outrun the bear, I just have to outrun you. So yeah. it's like, I don't have to hold my breath forever, I just have to wait for the president to die. <laughs> I mean, I guess that works. What would that be called? Like the air purge? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, like the great, I don't know, the great oxygen purge of 2020. Mm. Well, mm. it's coming. <laughs> so, uh, these other question, what two you totally normal it. things... <laughs> oh. What I think, um, so I'm not going to go with something that is necessary for human like life, but I think if they outlawed, uh, if they made it legal for you to drive yourself places, mm. I would hate that so much because then you would have to rely on public transportation or you would have like robot to- cars. Yeah, you would have to rely on so many different things. I guess technically you could, you could still use- Yeah, you could ride walk. a bike. I'm nice. That's dumb. And do that, <laughs> you know, the good stuff for the environment, uh, the healthy alternatives. That's what, what you can't do those things. Well, it's actually like in India right now. I guess their their like air quality is so bad that they actually like yeah, the government's charging for it. It's crazy. Yeah, they well they started to do a bunch of different things. Like I I'm not a hundred percent sure on the like the charging stuff about that stuff, but they actually had it to where people with like a uh, even number odd like uh, license plates could drive on certain days, and people with odd could drive on other days. Oh, that's nutty. Yeah, so like if you had an odd numbered license plate, you could not drive your car. You would have to carpool with somebody who had an even license plate number. What which if it ends with a like letter? The, 
Well, that's, yeah, it's supposed to be like, I, I don't know. That is a good point. <laughs> what if it ends with a letter? Nobody knows. And then you just always get to drive. There's no way to know. But yeah, I think driving would be the worst thing because I like, I live in Idaho and everything is kind of like separated by large stretches of land, even yeah. though technically I live in a city. So ah, it would be such a pain in the ass. I don't want to pay like Uber people because technically they would not just be like driving themselves. They'd be driving other people. Right. So that's like a loophole. That's so true, I guess. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I would hate that too. I mean, I'm not pay those I would, assholes. I wish they would just restructure the like cities so things are closer but yeah because yeah, i would I public I would totally, transit better. i would totally yeah well that too but i mean like i would totally just take like uh the the metro if i lived in like one of those cities that has that or i would if i could i would love to just bike to work because yeah. that would be you know my ideal situation but like my commute is already 35 minutes by car so like i'm not gonna ride my bike for like two hours to get to work jesus all right his next question is what two totally normal things become really weird if you do them at the same time all right so um i'm gonna change this a little bit and i'm gonna change this question to food because that's originally what i thought it was and i enjoyed it because i instantly thought of what two normal things when you pair them together, become super weird. And I just thought of bubblegum and ice cream. Oh, you're such a bitch, dude. It's so good. <laughs> I don't understand your issue with this fucking ice cream. It's so it's delicious. It's the same thing as putting gummy bears on your ice cream. When they I fucking get, do that too, dude. When it gets delicious. cold, it just turns into rocks. You're just destroying your damn mouth. I mean, yeah, that's true. Gummy I'm not going to argue so, that fact. They're so much better separate. It's like if I had gummy bears and I ate just a handful of gummy bears and then I took a, a bite of ice cream, like, it's fine. That's good. But if you just load them up there, they freeze and they took in, they turn into these just, like, ice cube bears and you cannot eat them. <laughs> I love that we have such, like, first world problems that we're just like, I know yeah, we, my gummy bears get cold in my ice cream. We, we just went from the air quality is so bad that you can't drive your car to being like... The gummy bears, you can't put them here. <laughs> Good too hard. They hurt my teeth. They hurt my teeth. My baby teeth. <laughs> They're like, man up. I can't breathe. <laughs> the struggle is real. Uh... <laughs> so two normally things put together that are really weird. Um, let's say uh, there's a lot. Um, yeah. Eating and pooping. That's pretty weird. Mm, I'm going to say I find uh, like real pooping gross. in pretty much anything. Other than maybe talking on the phone or texting, surfing the web. Um, my wife literally, like, I, I just got a new phone and my wife literally said, because it's it's much bigger than like one of my older phones that I've ever had. And she goes, don't, don't poop and text. And I was like, what? And she's like, I'm, I'm afraid you're going to drop it in the toilet. I'm like, I think I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm so afraid of that. I basically like hold my arms a hundred percent out. Like, no, I don't bend my arms when I poop and text. I can barely see the screen. I'm just like, I'm not dropping this bitch in the toilet. <laughs> and then when I get up, I put it on the counter so that there's no way that I, it will fall on the toilet. But then I'm always, I'm always like what worried that I'll get counter. up. Yeah. And You're accidentally and knock it off it right in there. Yeah. Yeah. My fiance has dropped her phone in the toilet multiple times. Wow. That's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Several times. It's, it's, it's she's a special girl. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? It takes a special person to be a uh, a toilet bowl dropper. 
<laughs> Speaking of fiancés, and this is a big one here. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Could you ever date somebody with the same name as a sibling or your parent? Yeah. Why really? I mean, yeah. As no, long as they don't it's look the like exact my sibling same or parent. Name. Yeah, I had I had a, a person that I was going with that had the same name as one of my siblings. See, I'm not talking about like the first name. They have the full name. What? It's How the would same that be possible? Uh, t- you can have the same name as somebody. The it's same not last like fucking World of Warcraft where they're like, nah, those two can't exist. Uh, Fuck I mean, that. maybe if you have something generic like John Smith, but like put some numbers in your name. How? <laughs> yeah. I find that that's such a small, small scenario of possibility. Like, how how often are you going to find that other Mary Smith? And you're like, oh, I'm John Smith, and my sister is Mary Smith, so we can't date. Like, it's not going to happen. That's But in that specific scenario, could you date them? Sure, You'd be why not? totally fine with, like, smashing. You're clapping cheeks. You're, oh, yeah. you're pounding that ass. Maybe and that's what I want. Just randomly, you're like, oh, yeah, Dana, and your mom's name is Dana or some shit. You're like, Ugh. Okay, first off, these made-up names, Dana. My mom's name is Jaylin, by the way, so. Jaylin, by the way. <laughs> so I, I think it would be so weird. Mm. I just, I couldn't do it. I'd be like, nah, dude, nah. You, I don't know. You, I don't think it. I don't. You just. I think it would be more annoying for the other like family members and friends because it would be confusing when you're like, yeah, I'm dating Dana, and you're like, you're dating your mom, and be like, nah, man, I'm dating Dana. <laughs> yeah, you'd always have to specify. <laughs> yeah, like I think like, that who would exactly be the problem. You're talking the, to? the actual like smashing is fine. Like you know, as long as it doesn't look like your sibling or parent, I think it's fine. <laughs> You're like, you know what? Fuck him. Yeah, fuck, as, fuck him. As Big Josh Boy always says, fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> Literally, you have to fuck him. <laughs> All right, let's get into Joseph's uh, question over here, which is not really a question. Thanks, Joseph. I really enjoy that. <laughs> he is the host of Active Quest, by the way. Hop over there, listen to them. Also part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. He says... Whoop, whoop. Once again, not a question. Talk about why the Vita deserves better. It's a damn shame what happened to that little system. <laughs> I mean, do you want to go first? I feel like we should preface this with is uh, Josh is the problem. He did not get a Vita, and oh, I'm he's the a bitch. Uh, 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 so... Excuse me. No, no, no. <laughs> I am not the problem. Look, here's the thing. The Vita is not a Nintendo game boy really and <laughs> because of that i don't care <laughs> the only handheld system you'd ever own other than the switch is a nintendo game boy i mean it was the only ah. like when i was growing up and i saw the vita i had no interest and i've always like until the ps4 like i i had a ps2 but and even even still like i i, I get their consoles but i've never considered myself playstation fan and handheld devices always just seemed like no that's what nintendo does so i just always gravitated to it i've never been like a crazy playstation boy i've always been a nintendo fan the handhelds always came from nintendo so when like when the vita came out i was super confused i was like what is that and i just didn't really care too much 
When I bought my Vita, I pretty much used it as like an indie machine, which then got replaced by the Switch once I purchased the Switch. Now, I really want a Vita again so I can play Persona 4 Golden because I'm watching the Persona 4 anime and it's just chef's kiss. Super good. It's basically like a standard shonen anime, but also a slice of life and it's super funny. Yeah, you probably don't understand anything I just said, but it's I great. no idea what you're You should watch about. it. You should watch it. It's good. It's good. But uh, so the Vita itself, let's talk about why exactly it failed. And it seems to be the consensus is that Sony just did not put enough kind of stock in the Vita and third party games just weren't necessarily published on the Vita. And when they were, and I'm talking about big third party games, but when they were, they came out like Borderlands 2 on the Vita, which from what I understand is a buggy mess that just eats shit. Like... (laughs) It barely runs, and what it runs is, like, not good. It is just not good at all. So, but they did end up releasing a lot of really cool games on the Vita, like uh, Freedom Wars is really good, Persona 4 Golden is really awesome, a bunch of different indie games. They're not exclusive to the Vita, but you could purchase them there, which was really nice because you could actually play them on the go. This was, of course, before the Nintendo Switch, so... Like, uh, I played Bastion on my on my Vita for a little while. I will admit, I played Bastion on my Vita for a little while. And then I moved to the PlayStation 4 because the Vita, it just did not fit in my hands well enough <laughs> to actually, like, play an action-heavy game. Yeah. I, yeah. I so, get that because the same thing happens to me kind of with the Switch. Like, the handheld version, I enjoy it. But half of the time, I play it in handheld mode, but actually take off the controllers like the actual joy cons and just leave it kickstanded yeah yeah i played a lot of nuclear throne on the switch though which are not switch on the vita which is really nice i actually love nuclear throne and it's like perfect for the vita even though it needed like basically the same kind of twitch shooting that everything else needed i don't know why bastion was so different i feel like bastion might have been different because it needed like some precise movements um for certain like not necessarily platforming segments but like I use the sniper rifle a lot, and you have to really pay attention for when it charges up. So the Vita died. It sucks. Um, It especially sucks because they're no longer producing Vita cartridges, which means the games that I really want to collect will eventually cost way more than I'm willing to pay for them, which is, once again, a first-world problem, but I don't care. (sighs) Time to collect now. Yeah, that's basically what I'm trying to do. I've I've been buying up a bunch of old Vita games, even though I don't own a Vita, so that I can play them when I purchase one again. But it's like $150 pre-owned, and I'm like, dude, you are gouging the shit out of this, because you know that they're not going to do anything. Plus, another reason that it failed is that fucking proprietary memory card that cost excessive amounts. Like a 64 gig one was over $100. Damn. That's nuts. (laughs) It's like bullshit. Is total bullshit, but the Vita's dead. None of us are happy about it. Uh, long live eh. Vita Island, you know. P.S. I love you, callback. But do you ever that's think? Uh, do you ever think it'll come back? Like something like a PlayStation handheld? No, uh-uh. I don't think they have. Uh, from what I understand, PlayStation has like put in for patents on different handheld devices. Right. But I don't think that they will. I mean, actually, with the success of the Switch, I think it's possible. Yeah, but I've, if they wanted to succeed, they just have to put more stock in it. They can't just kind of put it out to die and not act like it doesn't exist. 
Um, yeah. And they have to like put what I mean by put more stock in it is it shouldn't just be a machine for like indie games and like obscure JRPGs. It needs to be more than that, similar to the Nintendo Switch where like big games come to it. And right. they might not run as well, but they run well. Like you can play Doom on your Nintendo Switch and it's an acceptable experience. People are playing the The Witcher on the Nintendo Switch and That's apparently enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's freaking crazy so if sony ever does do it again they need to really put the thought into it make a good piece of hardware that can run these larger games and then actually try to attract these different publishers and developers to the platform and not just have it be niche or if it is going to be niche lower your expectations for how many it's going to sell because it's not going to be many Maybe maybe the PS5 is actually a handheld console. It kind of looks like a pair of binoculars right now. Maybe you just pick it up and just look through it, and you. Can if just I'm play being it. honest, I really hope the PS5 looks like the dev kits, because that <laughs> looks so fucking stupid, and I think it's so funny. <laughs> I hope in my heart of hearts that it looks like that, because it's just it's fantastic. It's awesome. Yeah. It looks like a boomerang. <laughs> Uh, that's it for this episode of Indie Incursion and Indie Games Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and thanks for writing in both Chase and Joseph Yaden. Awesome questions. Except for Joseph just doesn't understand what a question is, dude. Um, that's okay. He's trying. He's, he's a great writer, best. but doesn't understand what a question is. I'm starting he's, to worry about him. He's got a lot of projects on his plate. He doesn't have time for forming questions, all right? That's a good point. He's just like, talk about Vita. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go. I got to work on this next guide for IGN. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's so cool that he's doing that. Uh, if you guys would like to write into the show, make sure you follow us at IndiePod on Twitter. I tweet out a link every Monday, and I'm actually doing it well this time. I'm d- I've done it twice. I know. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, yeah. Things. I'm trying to get on the the account more, like some stuff, tweet a little mm-hmm. bit more, trying to actually, places, kid. you know, actually use it as a Twitter account. Um, not just basically like like everything on my own account and. Yeah. Put stupid shit on there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, put stupid shit on ours. That's fine. That's yeah. who we are. It's whatever, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you would like to hear my stupid shit outside of the show, you can follow me at Hyde Legion on Twitter. You can follow Josh at the underscore George 90. Um, and make sure you check out some of the other podcasts within the HP Video Game Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got like... Handsome Phantom podcast. You got Active Quest. We are actually going on the classic gaming podcast sometime in November. I don't know when that's going to come up, but <laughs> we'll I'm excited to go on because apparently we are their doppelgangers. Like, yeah, our podcast is the eerily similar. <laughs> yeah, it's the one where we actually, instead of talking about a really small niche, we talked about an even smaller niche. <laughs> I mean, do you think? Do you I think, think classic games is actually shit? bigger. Um, probably, yeah. Oh, I think the first thing that they're going to talk about when you get up on there, they'll be like, hey, have you ever done an upper decker? And I'll be like, <laughs> let's fucking no, go, but boys. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking boner time. <laughs> they're like, so, how's that biotic penis treating you? And you're like, I didn't opt in for that one. <sighs> yeah. I'm all about those robot arms, but not the robo penis, dude. It's just way too penis. cool for me. It's I guess so. Cool. Yo, and for all the followers out there and listeners, uh, be sure to give us five stars for the podcast we've gotten a a few more recently we're at uh we're at four ratings someone left a comment that i'm really confused at i don't know what exactly they were trying to say um did you see this one 
No, I haven't been on to check them, but now I'm absolutely going to check after this. It's, uh, I'll just, I'll give you the tagline. Uh, in Cambodia, spiders are a delicacy. No, I do actually know what that is. He's one of the people from the HP Video Game Podcast Network, and it was because on my solo episode, I said that I sleep on the ground and I always feel bugs on me. And I was like, I brought up that they say you eat seven spiders or eight spiders in your lifetime. So he's saying in Cambodia, eating spiders is a, is a delicacy. I don't believe you. Um, even if you live in Cambodia, <laughs> just d- stop eating spiders, dude. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, it's, uh, it, it was very strange from an outsider <laughs> perspective. Yeah. That's my nightmare right there is like, that's why I don't travel is because people eat spiders. You can quote me on that. That's why I'm afraid of traveling. All right. That's a weird one, but thank you for the people who have rated us. And please, if you do like, Please subscribe and please leave us a review. And on that note, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Bye guys. That robo dong.